leave that in? I'll leave that in. Just leave that in. Callum is a melt. He won't fucking listen to it. He won't listen to it. No. He won't listen to it, so he, he, he'll melt, absolute melt. <laughs> beer Fridge Podcast. Hello and welcome to another weekly episode of the Beer Fridge Podcast. Real beer, real breweries, real opinions. As always, wherever you listen to the podcast, make sure you're subscribed and you have that ding a ling a ling to hit the, or not hit the, be notified, excuse me, of all the latest episodes. Why would you not want to be notified of this beautiful podcast? Um, you can show your support by heading to our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash beer fridge podcast. Show your support, gain access to exclusive content and some homebrew from the guys as well. And you can also give us some five stars with massive slags, the five star ratings. Give us some five stars. Helps the podcast out massively. Uh, as always, my name's Gavin. I've got my usual drinking partners. I've got Scotty and I've got MD. Hello, gentlemen. Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. Uh, tonight, I'm excited to say we're in, joined by Mark from XL Brewing. How you doing, mate? Oh. Can you hear us now? Are you on mute, Mark? I can hear you. Oh, oh there you are. We can hear you now. Oh, yeah. yep. Sorry. That was a great start, was it? That's all right. That was that That's perfect, perfect start game. Perfect. I'm a, go- I'm a bogus gas man. Anyway. I said that <laughs> which actually makes sense because it's a bunch of scottish uh lads talking about beer um even though mark you're obviously we you're down with gav is super south aren't you down in london that's that's why i sound like the queen now yeah. <laughs> you, get, you get a thing down here called summer which is uh it's decent is it it's oh decent. like i'll take your word for it but you don't know audio listeners the entire time he's been speaking to us, he's had his pinky in there, so that's, <laughs> that's a sign. Um, whereas Gavin, Gavin's that far south, he's nearly got a, a French accent. We will start the podcast in the normal way and we'll go around the virtual table and we'll see what we're drinking to start off the podcast. Gilroy, you've had a tough day, my man. You've you've filled your vest. Oh, did you want to go meet you first? I just wanted to go first because I've got one what mouthful you, left. Usually, I go you first. What, you have fucking... you, what have you been nursing? I've been well. Not that we were... lager, it be any chance, is it? It is a hundred percent Zork, the Golden Lager, five point two percent. It is awesome. Like we were talking about it uh, before we started recording. Uh, perfect, um, perfect style of kind of lager for me. You know, it's. Um, how and Mark, you can butcher me here again because the more I think about it, the more I wash. But it's a Halatu Blanc uh, hop with Saz, um, which is uh, a wee cousin or a brother of my mate Nelson, which has got that sort of kind of fresh, kind of gooseberry, dry, white, winey kind of aspect to it. Um, it's part of the lager, it's just fresh. Um, Obviously, there's a slight sweetness to it that makes it kind of come back. You did mention it had 25 IBU, give or take, so slightly bitter. But obviously, everybody that listens to the podcast will know that uh, 25 IBU is basically like minus 5 IBU for me. Um, So I don't find it overly bitter at all, but it is just super, super sessionable uh, lager that I have nursed and... Really glad that I'll be able to shout it out first so I can move on to something else where we start blethering. But such a wicked beer, mate. Yeah, I'm glad you're enjoying that, mate. Yeah, I'm very, very happy with that beer. I say it's like, you know, for me, it was kind of getting a lager out there that I could be proud of and not just competing with the kind of sessionable lager. So, you know, it's got a lot to it, but it's really well balanced and I'm really happy with the, with the way it's turned out. You know, it's definitely, definitely the lager I want to drink. I'm, I'm saying it. 
because we said it before we recorded. It's like a big juicy. And and yeah. you said it, and I was like, fuck yes. <laughs> where where, where was your where was your influence from? Slightly like your slight influence from? It's heavily influenced by my love of tenants. I'm not ashamed to say it. <laughs> yes, come on, <laughs> love it, absolutely yeah. love it. And the last thing Gaz needs is craft tenants, basically, boys. That's what I'm aiming for. That's like well, it tastes. It's improved the flavour markedly. I've <laughs> drank one of a few pints and I had it as well. Just as things started to get to uh, tipping point. Um, I opened this, <laughs> and it was absolutely perfect. It got me. Back from edge. <laughs> Aye, it did indeed. Um, wish there was another half dozen of them, to be honest, but we've right. got other styles to go and try. Um, other styles to enjoy. So I've also I've opened up the New England IPA as well. Um, the 5.8%. It's got a lovely bit of Sabo in there, which gives it a lovely hit of sweetness. Um, want to shout out the parents as well. Um, <laughs> obviously, being a New England beer, it's got the clam chowder on there. Yep. Cheeseburgers. I think everything goes with cheese. I don't think there is a beer that would... Would suffer for a cheeseburger going alongside. One probably, yeah. Uh, um, it's a pretty universal, and then pickled onion, onion monster munch is yep. an absolute winner Aww. every time. Every, Perfect every for that. Got... That would just cut through the sweetness a wee bit, I think. Aye, every beer's got three pairings, three food pairings, because I like, you know, I think people know food and beer pairing quite a lot. So we put that on there just to kind of promote the idea that people think to drink beer with some nice yep. food. But so that we weren't being too wanky, we've made one pairing <laughs> on each beer a bag of crisps. <laughs> so the lager's got the salt and shake on there, yeah. Um, alongside grilled sardines, which I don't think anybody in the central belt of Scotland's ever had anywhere near them. Somebody maybe have had it on a pizza by accident at some point. <laughs> goat's cheese again, another one that is. Uh, I don't know, but I, I enjoy goat's cheese. I enjoy the goat's cheese in the. I, mean, again, and I guess well, you know, for, for the more east coast guys, you could. Change that to like Arbor of Smokies and uh, maybe Baby Bells. Oh, oh there you go. Baby Bells is absolutely. <laughs> there you yeah. go. Yeah, an incredibly an incredibly European approach having the uh, um, the food pairings on there, but it's excellent. It does give you something else to. It's another element to go with, and the the pairings are obviously well thought out. Despite the, in spite of there being a crisp there every time, the crisp is probably what's most. Likely to be on hand if you're drinking it in a in a pub or at home, so you're going to get something that yep. goes along with it, and it's definitely for the New England style. The pickled onion will definitely cut through the the good bit of sweetness you're getting there, but it's lovely and hoppy, hazy in the glass. It's perfect. It's a really good New England. Yeah, I'm really happy with that. I mean, we took a while to do in New England because, like, by the time we started, I felt like they were everywhere, and I was, you know, like, it's not that I've never liked the style. I've, I've had beers that I liked, but I just felt. There was so many about there, and there was this like, you know, how many grams per litre. And yeah. I was trying a lot of beers that just tasted like, you know, a bag of onions or like, you know, <laughs> kind of juice. There was so much hops in there. And I just kind of didn't feel I wanted to be part of it. But then when people started getting sick of it and it became slightly less cool, I was like, yeah. Now I'm going to do one. Now it's the time to start brewing it. It's cool. I'll have a go. So, yeah. When we did it, I like, you know, 5.8% a nice ABV for me because you can mm-hmm. get a bit more malt in there. You get the suggested sweetness for alcohol. That means mm-hmm. you can throw a wee bit more hops at it without mm-hmm. going too crazy. Um, yeah, we've got a bit of Sabro and Talis in there, so you get that nice coconutty thing. I mean, it's mm-hmm. like got that dankness Definitely that I'm thinking about. Well done, uh, New England. Um, and actually, the water treatment is probably like the most important thing on this. We just mm-hmm. played with like, you know, like the calcium chloride up that a little bit, a wee touch of salt in there. 
and I just made it really quite soft and pillowy. Mm-hmm. So, like, I'm really happy with it. You got a really good mouthfeel. Yeah, the mouthfeel yeah. and the texture of that beer is really light and fluffy. And even though it's quite boozy and got a lot of hops in there, that just makes it that much more easy to drink and a bit more pleasant. Um, so, yeah. Sounds another, good. Yeah, another beer that I'm really happy with. That's why it's like a, a core beer now. We only got it in a, a one-off special, obviously. And now it's in. It's in. It's a standard. Uh, I myself, I am on Dinky, uh, the micro IPA, 2.8%, starting low, starting with the, the, the low beers. Uh, food pairings with this, by the way, mac cheese, yes. Fish finger sandwich, yes. Salt and vinegar square crisps, fucking yes. Thank you, thank you, thank you. That is, that's my favourite food pairings. <laughs> give, me, uh, give me all three. That's fucking, that's starter, main and dessert right there. Yeah, this, um, it's it's it is what it is. It says what it is in the tin. Basically, you're you're getting you're still getting flavour from it. Um, you're still getting those New England vibes. Um, but it's just a lower ABV. It's got that hot profile that you want from it. Um, nice and low in the booze. Nice and sessionable. You can just like I said for me, it's it's a perfect start to an evening. Um, and my my it's a starter beer for the podcast, and I'm thoroughly I've thoroughly enjoyed it. It's it's fucking gone. Um, it went in a flash, and you could drink easily drink three or four of them and just. And no bother, and just be quite happy drinking them. Pee for the rest of the night. Well, I pee like a fucking racehorse, but I. <laughs> I mean, like that's kind of obviously influenced by one of my all-time favorites, like Colonel Table Beer, basically. So yeah. for me, that's like such an iconic British beer. You know, I can't really think of anybody else who's like started a genre of beer in Britain. No. So, like, table beer is now like that's a style standard. Of beer. But it's basically all down to that one beer that, that Evan and the boys have been making for years now. It's just like, you know, it's such a... It's awesome. Yeah. Beer. Um, so I, that was your kind of go at it. And we, <laughs> that beer, we've got the kind of, you know, the Talus and Sabro kind of coconutty, dank thing with Una. The Scoosh, we'll probably try later, is like more tropical citrus. So I wanted to have a point of difference with all the hoppy beers. So this one yeah. had more New World stuff in it. Mm-hmm. Um, so well, well, I think that one had uh, Motueka and mm-hmm. Kohatu. Um, wow. We're going to try a little bit of Ella in the next one. So we want to go for a bit more of that New World thing, a bit more of the kind of tropical thing. So each beer has got like you know a lot of hot profile, but they're all like slightly different angle on it. I didn't even realize Idaho Idaho Seven as well, Christ. That's it. <laughs> that's the one there there it is and like see to be fair like um, see with some low ABV beers like you, you, we've said it before in the podcast they can feel almost like dead watery um, for lack of a better phrase or descriptive word but um, it's not at all it's not watery whatsoever It's it has it's got the body you want from it it's just a low it's a good beer and we, we've been saying this before very recently about low and no beers Instead of you, you don't need to describe it's a low and no beer. It's just a fucking beer. It's a good fucking beer, regardless of the ABV. Yeah, I felt like I felt like two two point five, two point eight was like as low as I could go making a beer that I still wanted to drink. I did try like a zero point five before, and you know it, it was on a par with other beers of that style that I've tried. But I just didn't like it, and I wanted yeah. it. And that's like the, that's about as low as I'll go. I think. So with that one, you know, like. That body, and we put quite a lot of dextrin malt in. We mash really high. We mash at like sixty nine degrees to get all the unfermentable sugars, and we only mash for half an hour. Right. Uh, really? So that, Sorry. Um, <laughs> yeah. There's the brewer's head in me starting off there, but fair enough. So I, that's the that's how we get so much body in it. 
there's just loads and loads of information about sugars. Um, you know, it's good, like it's good. I genuinely really, really enjoy it, and it's um, a perfect starter beer for me. And I'm looking forward to getting stuck at other ones, especially the, the lager for obvious reasons. Um, mark yourself. I, I seen a, a cheeky kernel there. <laughs> and this is a bit embarrassing. I should open my own. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's what it's about. Yeah, if you're drinking the there, there's every every time's a good time for a kernel. I have one of mine in a minute, but I, I, as I said before, I've got a bit of a cold and I can't really taste much. So I thought, if I'm going to have a beer, I'm going to have something tasty. So I went for the old uh, export stout, which is just an absolute classic, isn't it? Everything the Kelly does is brilliant. So, uh, ah, exactly. I don't, I've, I've, don't think I've actually had a bad beer from them yet. Probably. And I'll be surprised if I do. Yeah, I, I think the, the proudest moment in my brewing career was like a few years ago when we... Uh, we, we had no longer done the first Iron Brew server when we were still like brewing in a wee shipping container. And I, I bumped into Evan, a wee pub near us. And I got chatting to him and he was like, I tried some of your beers all day. I was like, oh fuck, really? What did you have? And he was like, I had the pail. And you're like, oh fuck. Piano <laughs> <laughs> judging your pails, like, I don't know, like, judging your feet. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh. he was like, it was really good. I was like, oh, I was like, really chuffed with that. And then he was like, I had the Iron Brew server. And I was like, oh fuck. Uh oh. He was like, no, that's like, the antithesis of like everything the killer's about are just like <laughs> oh fuck what's Evan going to say about this and he was like you know what it's a really good beer it's really clever he's like I enjoyed it and I was like that's unbelievable like I never so, thought I'd, I'd, I'd hear the day that like uh, that, you know as cla- classic I never, I never thought I'd hear you saying that I am Bruce that you like Diane Bruce Silver they went I said it was a good beer I didn't say I like <laughs> 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 I'm 100 percent taking it. Ruined careers, like I will take that. I'm going to get that mm-hmm. tattooed. Take it, 100%. <laughs> take it, definitely take it. Um, like we say, we've got Mark from XL Brewing joining us this evening on the podcast. Uh, really excited to talk to the beers. Um, should obviously ask the obvious question: Can I how it all started, how it all began for XL and yourself? Uh, yeah, sure. I mean, I guess it, I'll, I'll not give you the whole life story, but. <laughs> In the brewing industry for quite a, a long time, so maybe 15 years or something now. Um, I started at Brewdog back in the early days. So I was um, I went up to do like a brewing assistant uh, gig at Fraserburgh. And I met Bruce, who was opening up the first bar there in Aberdeen. Um, and like after a week in Fraserburgh, I was like, eh, maybe I'll just move to Aberdeen instead and work at the bar. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah. Opened up that bar with Bruce and uh, then went on to do like, you know, the first, I don't know, maybe 10 bars or something. I was like a bit of a jack of all trades for them. Mm-hmm. Kind of learned a lot, spent a bit of time there and then decided it wasn't really for me anymore. Moved on in about 2012, 2013, I went to Red Church. Um, yep. At the time, there wasn't really that many interesting London breweries at the time and Red Church had some great stuff then. They had a great Eastern... IPA, which was a bit of a classic at the time, like proper old kind of multi West Coast style. They had the old Ford Imperial style, which was a brilliant beer. And, yeah. You know, I just felt like I could kind of go and make my mark there. So I went there and built a wee tap room there, which became a bit of a kind of industry hangout. And James Rylands came and joined me to Beavertown. He'd been the head brewer there. He'd kind of taken Gamory and Neco and took them on to the beasts they became. But he wanted to do more sour stuff. Um, so James came over and we started like a wild beer project in Red Church as well. We did loads of weird and wonderful stuff together and had like two really good years there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then for some unknown reason, I decided to uh, open up a, a nightclub in a warehouse in Tottenham. 
<laughs> As you do. The obvious, the, the logical step. Mm. It was mad. I mean, it sounded like a great project. There was like these a couple of the guys who had like quite well respected music venues in Dalston, uh, and a mate of mine who's a, like a, a you know a, a, a quite a well-known music producer. And they wanted, to, they wanted to build this nightclub in a warehouse, so half of it was recording studios with like quite a lot of big record labels, quite a few big names in there. Aye. Yeah, and we had this space to build like a kind of, you know, 500 capacity, specially designed floating room with a sound system built into the walls, like the wow. best sound room in the country. And I was going to look after all the food and beverage and kind of build mm-hmm. that. So I, that's, we did that. We tried to build a million pound club and we had about 200 grand and, you know, it was just like, <laughs> opened me like own everyday money and it was just like a massive stress and spent two years trying to fight our way out of the hole with Doug and like you know that's where I started the brewery yeah I, don't, <laughs> I have no idea what the fuck I'm doing in a nightclub I don't know how to fix this broken thing <laughs> but I reckon I can probably make some beer so like credit carded like a fifth hand 500 litre brew kit put a shipping container on the car park in a nightclub and just started making beer for the for the club wow alright and the kind of, um, the kind of, like me and Dan, who was brewing at the time, they kind of like, you know, gained a bit of a reputation for doing like weird and wonderful stuff. You know, we did the first Iron Brew Summer there like five years ago. And we, yeah. We did like a chocolate lager and we did like, you know, Shit. all sorts of weird and wonderful things that got like a bit of attention. We did collabs with some cool people, you know, like Yeasty Boys and Beaver Town, the neighbor still cool and, you know, like. <laughs> they're still cool. <laughs> they are still cool, but they were a lot cooler then. And so we did a, we did a lot of good stuff. And then obviously the nightclub, the guys that were running the nightclub were just an absolute nightmare. It was like, you know, the main shareholder was like if you'd kind of smashed like Nathan Barley and uh and Alan Partridge together. <laughs> this horrible caricature of like a midlife crisis driving a Porsche. Oh, <laughs> and not even the good Porsche boxster. Uh, he was actually <laughs> absolutely clinging on to like yeah his his youth and when he was youth. a fan. So I, I just knew I had to get out of there. Mm-hmm. So we had to kind of like scuttle the old brewery and start again with my business partner Andy, who's been really good and really supportive. Um and then we started that brewery uh as XL, December 2019. Um and then fucking COVID hit three months later. <laughs> Right, good, eh? Out of the frying pan, right in the Excellent. Uh, excellent timing. Yeah, that was, the, that was the short version, basically, of my uh, my beer journey. But yeah, we've had, th- we've had nearly three years now um, as XL, and it's just mm. going to strength to strength. You know, we've, we've got a really great team now. We've got a lot of really nice accounts. And, you know, as I've seen to you boys before it started, like, you know, my whole kind of ethos with the brewery really is that I want my beers to be drank in the, the pubs I want to drink in. Yeah. You know, like we work quite hard, you know, we're like pretty manky physical job brewing in a warehouse, you know, five, six days a week. So the times we do get out early and we get to go enjoy the fruits of our labour, it's good for me to take the boys to some of our favourite pubs in London and like be able to sit in these brilliant pubs and, and drink our beer. So um so that's been quite pleasing to actually be able to do that. No, that's the dream, mate. That is like the absolute dream. Like, you know, there's something about, you know, like you say, fruits of your labour, but going in somewhere nice that you've probably drank in before you had made the beer or your beer was in there, and then being able to sit in a place and just have your beer pouring on there, whether you drink it or not, or you, but like you've still got the experience in that. That's, 
that's awesome. That's and definitely hover run about folk at the bar when they try it for the first time and figure it spear the arse at them with it in the one here. <laughs> <laughs> like, so what do you think actions with Iron Bruce Silver? Like we did that brew by numbers festival a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's loads of cool breweries there, it was quite funny. Um, you know, like quite flat to be there. We were pouring next to like Matt for the veil, you know, and there was like oh, wow. I was just like, fucking hell, you know. Like, <laughs> you know, these like two year aged, like uh, barrel aged red wine cellars. And I'm like, you want to try a bit of Iron Bruce? <laughs> 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 he was very nice. But like, I was just like, I was kind of like translating for him about the whole kind of Iron Bruce thing. And like, there was, like, there was so many things I was just pissing myself and was like, what is it? And I just overhear people. Like, this guy walked past with his girlfriend and was like, oh, look, do you want to try some Iron Bruce cellars? She just looked at him and Absolutely fucking not. Wonderful. But like the other side of that is like the amount of times I hand a glass in that beauty somebody for the first time and they sniff it and it just like hits some childhood memory and just bursts mm-hmm. laugh and it's like you know that beer is a silly beer. I mean it's like it's quite difficult to make and you know a lot of skill to hone it down to like where it is now. Um but it is just supposed to be a silly beer and like beer doesn't always have to be super serious and like you know sitting around like and i do love appreciating like really complex beers but sometimes it's all right to just do something fucking silly and it's good if it's it works if it if it's like the um like the comments you got for the kernel it works if it's well made so yeah, see if yeah. it's well made and it's taken like yes it's fun but it's also taken seriously then i think it lands properly oh, yeah. see if you're if you're just paying lip service on it and you're just saying i oh, will just make something that's Mega sweet, and we'll we'll color it orange and call it iron brew. Then it's not going to have the same effect. And I think it's different if it's all you're doing as well. You know, like I think you know there are certain people that like all they do is hit those big weird kind of nostalgia. Yeah. You know, um, you know, when you start like putting fucking glitter in beers, I think it's just going too far. Well, that's a bit (laughs) that. That's a bit. I think the last the last stupid silly beer that I had, which was actually. It was stupid, and you're just enjoying it for for the memories that it gave. Was um, Bulk City's Cola Cube yep. beer? Like that that was daft, and it was just completely stupid. But at the same time, I was like, "This is actually it's it's a really nice beer." But it does those things that it just takes you back to those times when you're in primary school and you go up the street and you that that couple of quid your mum gave you for your lunch, you spend it all on cola cubes. That <laughs> do one fifty cola cubes, please, and that's your lunch. <laughs> Have a good lunch, son. I cola cube is great. I, I, just spent, I just spent half of the cold to save the rest of the week <laughs> <laughs> it was a fucking we went through a phase at school having no, remember that they fucking share a bit sticks I don't know why we all, mm. always just bought a shit well, anymore, you, we do uh, one friend that um, despite everybody just going to the sweetie shop or going to the chip shop and buying whatever it was like a, a pine or roll or whatever it was he would save up his, his, his money and go and get a bag of it was like three bags of like half a dozen donuts and a full apple pie mm-hmm. for his lunch. <laughs> I was like, well, and the lad, he was built like a scelf and still right. is. Mad. Just a full apple pie for his lunch. Just, I mean, just, just sheer madness. Just eating like the chippy, when it was just like constant chippy visits. The sandwich, they opened up the sandwich shop and it was a, a pie and a roll with, with cheese and brown sauce on it. An artery clogging lunch for you. I want everything to be the same. I want everything to be the same color except the brown sauce, please. Yeah. <laughs> I can beige in a row. 
Aye. I bet, just... I bet um, uh, all the listeners south of the border are like, what the fuck is this? Uh... Like, PNRs, pin and roll. It's nice to be able to do one of these uh, and not have to, like, you know, Enunciate. Enunciate, yes. And have, have the P's and Q's and have the constant what? Pardon? Fucking listen. Just listen. <laughs> Open your lugs. Gavin, is that a sticky, is, is that a sticky workout for you? Oh, Gavin, big time. It's even, it's even worse than now. I know I'm going off on a tangent, but I don't really give a fuck. The wife's got, a, the wife's got a, um, an ear infection, right? So, and she's English. So I get I, I get their what? Pardon? Maybe sometimes. No, it's fucking all the time. Every sentence it comes, what? What? Pardon, I can't hear. I'm like, fuck off. No saying it again. I said it once. No saying it again. You didn't hear it. Tough shit. Okay. She's only had like 10 years of listening to your pish as well, to be fair. So she should have at least honed in on it. But nope. uh, she's every time I come up, after a podcast or after a phone call from folk that came, she's like, no, I've not got a clue what you're saying. Nah. Fuck all to do with the ear infection. She doesn't just, just fucking does not. I know. She's pretending about the fucking ear infection, bitch. She, won't li- she doesn't listen <laughs> to it anyway. doesn't listen to it anyway. Anyway. Can I um, get, well, I'll get us back on uh, beer before the, the, the wife. Before Gavin gets divorced. Ah, before the divorce comes through. I'm, I'm, I'm going kind of balls in here and I'm, I'm going to make a bit of a sweeping statement, but. This could be a beer of the year contender, by the way. This might be on the fridges. What? What list. one? The well, one I'm about to tell you. Are you going? You might uh, well, see, imagine if you, see if you showbiz teas. What? I know. A horrible friend, you, don't, mate. you don't go to a fucking break or anything, by the way. We don't like. Well, you should. Well, you fucking let's get the and commercial the sponsors. Let's, uh, let's we'll get the sponsors. We'll tell you in. after the break. Honestly, this is right. Go on then. So. Right. Fucking hurry up. I'm just winding you up. There you go. <laughs> I was building expense. Uh, anyway, this is the, the collab that you've got that you sent through with Unbarred. Oh, yeah, brilliant. Yeah, the boys are brilliant. The, the Hazy New England IPA, Idaho 7, HBC 586, and your phone number, Hop 6.6%. Yeah, this is everything you want from a New England IPA. Uh, everything uh, like starting with like aroma for me it's got that proper I dare I say it but dank grassy sort of aroma that sort of kind of pulls you in um, on the taste it's got a like like really kind of citrusy herbal flavour it's a bit it's got a slight sweetness that brings it to the the, the New England sort of style that kind of keeps like it, it keeps you coming back for more and more. It's just a wicked beer. And I've literally scribbled this down as of like my kind of notes, like mouthfeel's amazing, citrus, East, uh, East Coast vibes, sweet fruitiness, grassy, dank aroma. And I've hanged with a star for beer of, of the year already for this because it is wicked, absolutely yeah, wicked. They, uh, they are, you know, like we do, we do, done quite a lot of collabs over the years, and like, you know, you have it's always a nice time, but like sometimes you just like meet up with a brewery and like, you know, you know exactly they are your kind of people, and you just like you have the same views on how to make beer, how to treat your people, you know, you know, what, what it's all about. And uh, Jordan and the boys down at Unbarred, I think, are like. Definitely one of the breweries to look out for. Everything they do is amazing. When I was down there, they um, they also had this um, heather infused Scotch ale, which like I don't know if you ever remember like Brewdog Dogma, like when it first came out, that was like this coconut heather infused uh, like 
Scottish. I can see that, but I can't, I can't remember ever tasting it, to be honest. Back today, it was genuinely brilliant. Mm. I've not heard any like that for years, but this was a much better version of it. it was like, wow. That was like the beer of the year for me, that. Sure. And I had several beers down there when we did the collab that were just like fantastic, and I was so happy with that. That brew that did. Um, I've got I've got a few cans of that in my fridge actually, so I, I may have to go and get one shortly. But I mate, you feel free, if you need to go disappear and go and grab a beer, go feel free and grab a beer. Um, if the and get to bring me one, she'll probably still make fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> as long as she understands you, mate, you might have to text her. I've 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 tried that trick many a times. I've I've, I've been sent an emoji with just a middle finger. Um, yeah. I so, get that fed up. I get that fed up asking and not getting any that I bought myself a fridge for my room. Really, so I didn't have to go do this That that beer, Mark, um, it's the mind. one beer for me that I was. Um, so I seen it a couple of because it's been out for about a month, roughly ish, something like that. And I seen it. Um, advert, like I'm a massive fan of Unbarred. They're not that far away from me. I think their beers are amazing. Um, and it popped up on their Instagram. I've seen it on yours as well. And I was like, I need to get that beer because Idaho 7 and the HBC 586. Uh, I was like, that'll be fucking the bollocks. And then see when Mark was when Mark was like, oh, we're getting Excel on. And then when you obviously kindly sent us the beers and that beer was I was like, fucking yes. I was like, I cannot wait for this beer. And Mark, could you, for you to say it's potentially the beer of the year, oh my God. So mate, excited, so excited. Mate. And the thing is, I'm already I'm having like a proper like that New England uh, girl is I love the see the sabro through it. I just yeah. love the sabro through it. It just adds a different layer that that normal when I say normal regular uh nipas it just it, it it puts it in a different lane. You've got to be careful with that sabro as well. It needs to be like it needs to be a small bit of yeah. hot still. So if you go a bit too big on it, you start getting that like buteric kind of like cheesy thing. Aye. Mm. You got to be really delicate with it. it can, it can Aye, careful. Beers and ruin beers if you if you go too high on it. No, I yeah. I've had a couple of sabro beers that I've, I've done that exact thing, and this um, I'm I'm just fucking really really enjoying the the nipa, and all of a sudden I'm getting really excited about the hazy, and I'm like fuck. Too many good beers. Too many good beers. Too many good beers. This is, this is the uh, I've got like this is the first time I've tried any of your beers. To be honest, like when we're talking about it and obviously looked in um, and we're speaking and stuff about coming on, but and I was like, oh, the beers just look like like it's like solid styles of beer without like that sounding like a thing but you know like you know you're talking about micro ipas we're talking about laggers we're talking about ipas nipas and that and we, it comes back to like what i've said 20 times before if you just do good if you do beer and just do it well you don't have to be like over fancying that like the hops and let the like let the ingredients basically talk for themselves and those two beers i've had the golden lager you know um in terms of the the Halitou Blanc and that it was unbelievable. This thing is just top top notch, mate. Honestly, it really is. And the guys will know. Like I'm, I'm the one to mince words when it comes to doing these. Um, yeah, um, with when we've got people on, I am really honest because I have like a a brewed a wee bit like and a little little bit. Um, uh, you know, so I know how difficult it is, but. Part of my big thing is, like, if you if you manage to get something into a can and you're selling it, just whatever is in there, just tell me if you're selling it as something, just make sure it is exactly that. And 
that's exactly what these two beers I've tried so far are. And like, I'm more west, like I said, I'm more west than east when it comes to like flavor profiling. But this New England IPA is top, top notch. So I hope somebody else will open it to either like back me up or tell me I'm talking utter, utter pish. Yeah, I, mean, I think that's, uh, you know, I will say that's credit to the Unbound Boys because we brewed that down in their place. So, you know, like all credit to them there, you know. Is there going to be a return leg? Yeah, we're going to do one in a few months. I mean, like I think there's somebody we'll probably try and brew it once a year because we yeah. like such a brilliant time hanging out in there. Like Jordan, the tap room's wicked as well. Aye, and like everybody that works there is just like you know they believe in what they're doing. They're in it for the right reasons. They're just like super nice people, and the beer's brilliant. You know. Yeah. Aye. So yeah, they're they're somebody that we'll probably work with a lot. You know, like you know. Aye, aye, definitely, de- we'll de- definitely. Like, Andy Giant, we brew with them like once a year because Bruce is an old mate for brew dog day. So like I've got like a few mates that. Basically, we're like, well, you know, we'll get together for an annual collab. So the- an <laughs> annual piss up. I first um, come across you guys about just before COVID. Um, I got a couple of your cans at the Brew House Project in Arndel, uh, which is Arndel's kind of tap room thing. Um, and <clears throat> That's the first time I come across you guys. So since I've first come across you, you've you've now done, you've kind of done a big rebrand. Um, so before it was very much like an upside down anchor and very colourful at the top, uh, and you've done a whole big rebrand. Um, talk us through the rebrand, the, the reason for it, and I because I think it looks wicked. You you fucking, I'll tell you one thing. So before you jumped on, you fooled me by the way with the cans. You fill me with the labels. Yeah, I yeah. was trying to peel the wee bit. I was like, you can't, you can't, that's fucking etched in the fucking can. You kind of get that label off. And it turns out it's just a big label. I just kind of see it. Yeah. I mean, we're going to try and get the cans painted eventually. But at the moment, that's like, uh, that's all the best we do. But it's actually that, you know, just a side note, it's made out of this stuff called forest film. So it's actually like the most biodegradable substance you can use for can labels so it's like mm-hmm. friendly so it's totally biodegradable and all made of plant matter so quite interesting labels well i hope i hope it doesn't need biodegrade when i stick it to the side of my fridge yeah, right, if you lick it for about an hour it'll, it'll start <laughs> <laughs> to start now we might see the end of it. there's a there's a live stream of ever there's a live stream Gavlix can labels for, for, for another <laughs> A- ASMR. <laughs> Idiot looks can labels for an yeah. I've got the microphone for it. I fuck it. Uh, I'm getting back to the um, the rebrand. I, <laughs> I mean, I guess like you know, going back to that kind of backstory. So we, you know, we started brewing in that little 500 liter kit in a in a you know, and as hail and and that nightclub. And it was just two of us brewing there. Um, you know, well, me and one like part time brewer dad. Yeah, and then. You know, I, I when we decided to move from there and like start our own brewery, we, we felt like it was important to to keep our some continuity from what he was, and that used to be like an upside down anchor, and it was like you know that nautical. Aye, we felt like we had to keep some sort of identity. When the, the reality was, we were brewing five hundred liters like twice a week in a shipping container for a fucking crazy nightclub that hardly they went to or else they wouldn't have shut down you know it's like, <laughs> like we had this idea that we had to keep this identity when actually we were starting something completely new yeah we went over there and after like a year or two going through covid and like dan left so like you know there was even less connection to that old brewery and then you know like to be honest that like you know 
the guys that I was in business with and stuff like that. It wasn't just a, like I didn't really want any part of that old story, Aye. part of the thing we had built, because what we've got now is like so much better than any of that. We've got an amazing team and we've built this great tap room that's like this really fun. We're kind of like this party place. We're open to two in the morning. You know, we've got like great sounds. Yes. You know, you can come in there and, you know, you'll see, you know, once every couple of months, we got like Steve Davis banging out like Iranian techno while everyone <laughs> dancing on tables. It's like you know, and our brewery just looked, our brewery branding just looked like some sort of austere old like old school American brand, and it mm-hmm. just totally didn't sit with us. So we we kind of decided to go through the process of rebranding. We're thinking about like you know what do we stand for, what do we look for, you know, and we we spent ages thinking about it, and then I was like, actually, the, the best brands I think are the ones where people have found an artist that they love, who they can say they who they just use all the time. They find an artist that they love, and they, and they tell them what they think their beer should replicate, and you know, uh-huh. like Nick Dwyer at, at Beavertown, or you know, uh, James Yule at Left Handed Giant. You know, I think they were the two biggest influences because mm-hmm. they're the two kind of brands that I think look the best. Aye. Uh-huh. So we started looking for an artist, and we found uh, Inga, who's now like your kind of, you know, you know, well, not in house, but she's kind of your artist. Um, and we just kept, she does all this like world creation, where she creates all these weird characters that's a bit psychedelic and a bit weird, and uh, but still like kind of beautifully done. Um, uh-huh. and we just kind of felt like that fit with us a bit more. It was a bit wild, a bit weird and wonderful, but like you know, still like had like. A bit of balance and a bit of like, you know, it was still like really stylistically. No, they're cool. It's proper. I I I enjoy it a lot. I think it's wicked. Like I said, the the label um threw me off. Like I thought with the kind of cloud around it, I thought that was a label. I'm trying to peel it off because that's a fucking wicked label. No, obviously, the, the edge is obviously transparent, but it's still coming off the can. <laughs> no, I'm really happy with what you've done, and I think you know it's like now we've got this uniform look. And I think it's something we can just like build on and, you know, like all the characters go well on merch and it's just like, yeah. it feels much more like, like us and the old brand and just didn't feel like it fit with us at all. See, right, see when you said that there, but see when you said about merch, I was like, that, like the, those wee characters will look wicked on t-shirts. Like, I'm already like, I want a t-shirt. I want a t-shirt of the Golden Lager fucking big mad. Send you one up. The big mad. Is it, is it, what, is it a... A frog or is it a, a frog? Is that a frog? Each, one, each, each beer we were kind of like, you know, where would you drink this? So Zorka was like, well, imagine like going to Bergheim at six in the morning. I was just like, I just need something to get me through the next hour. So that's like <laughs> some weird frog just coming out of Bergheim, basically. It's awesome. <laughs> I fucking love it. It's, 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 so it's honestly fun. It's fun. And the thing is, he's, the, I love the, like you said, going back to the, the collaboration one, Bard, that's a cracking label. You can see where it, it crosses over. Yeah. You've got you've got the unbarred look, but at the same time you've got your guys those kind of funky characters as well. Is wicked as well. I yeah, love that. The they've, got, they've got their own in-house artists that they use for everything. So like you know, they, it's like I think they're always the best brands when it's like when you just find that artist that you love. And let them mm-hmm. be creative because I mean, like you know, I don't know how to throw a beer together, but like I'm not an artist, so why would I try and do that? I think the best thing to do is always like find somebody who's really good at what they do and. Mm-hmm. and have the creative freedom, I guess. Exactly. Definitely. Definitely. I might, I might very quickly run the stairs and grab an audio. No, go for it, mate. Go for it, mate. Not a problem at all. You just need to do that. Martin, back in the game. Right, I've just switched over um, to the Iron Brew Sour. And um, the first thing that came to my mouth was when it, when the smoke came off the can. What a bell in that cunt is. Um, <laughs> when the smoke came off the can. 
had a wee snifter and I was like, that's it just smells like iron brew from a from a can from when you were away and you got an iron brew and it was in a can and you cracked it open, it smelled like that straight away. And it just it's just fucking alcoholic iron brew. It's genuinely ridiculous how much it's just alcoholic. I'm my gran is a she still buys the bottles of ginger, right? She goes to the she goes to the wee news agents around the corner. And if you don't know what ginger is, it's bottles of iron brew. Um, so she'll go around, buy the bottles, um, and she'll go back and get her 20p back. So in Scotland, if you go back for your empty bottles, you get 20p back. She does it all the time, still does it. I think if I give her a, a can of that, she wouldn't know the difference. Yeah. Would not know the difference. Happy with that. Uh, it's funny that beer, it's like, you know, we've kind of honed it over the years. So like the, the majority of it's like the malt base. So... We use quite a bit of melanoid in malt, which gives like a bit, yeah, kind of like burnt orange thing when you use it in like quite high quality. Aye. It's got obviously quite a bit of crystal malt in there for that kind of like burnt sugar, toffee thing. So the malt base and the sweetness and the kind of orangey things just all from the malt bill. Mm-hmm. And then it's obviously kettle sour, so it's just a clean kind of lactic sour. Then we ferment it, and then we basically add like a, an aroma flavouring, which is like, like the adds iron brew aroma, it's kind of like a bubble gummy thing. Yeah, just like oh, I see when you said that. Those are the malt bill and the bubble gum aroma. It just kind of tricks your brain into like thinking iron brew. No, it does. See, literally, see when you said bubble gum, you said bubble gum. I'm like, oh, there it's uh, you get that by massively. That kind of bubble gum thing. Every every American that I've ever heard, like I've ever spoke to, has tried iron brew. There's been a a couple anyway that was said like go and try that and see if you like it is bubblegum's always been the flavour and I'm like yeah. like that's a weird like I would never I, I think it's, it's really hard only, it's the only recognisable thing for the I, thing. but you're always like it fucking tastes like iron brew doesn't it it's totally unique it just tastes like fucking iron brew no, it's like what, what does iron brew taste like, like I remember like trying to explain it someone's like you know like Lucas Aid and they'd be like yeah look at like, <laughs> like the sports drink and I'm like no. Yeah, like, so is it a sports drink? And like, yeah, well, it's sports darts. <laughs> <laughs> Works really, really well if you want to make if you want to make a, a, a quarter gel glass yeah. of vodka look personable. Changes the colour of clear liquid in mere seconds with, with minimal output. We've got a bit of a, a bit of a thing at our tap room where like we don't really do like many shots in the tap room, but we do bucky bombs. Oh. Right? Like uh so you get like a glassy iron Buck boost and you charge your bucky in it and it's actually delicious. Mm-hmm. It's like it's like got that sweet and sour vibe going on. So, Fuck. so we're I'm fu- I'm fucking coming to that tap room. Uh, game on, like where it? Game must be the biggest buck fast account in London. We get through about like, I don't know, twenty bottles a week or something. Christ. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, we compare it to like Glasgow. Some folk, some places get through twenty bottles a day. Oh no! My granny would probably have got through about twenty. Let <laughs> <laughs> really say that's that, that's two months just for your account. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen a video talking about Buckfast the other day, and it was like the guy. It was like some guy. It was like ready to open his bottle, and it was like I'm just want a nice relaxing bottle you know i sit down with the wife and i'll just have a nice glass of wine and then he see him he goes into the fridge and pulls out the bottle of buckfast and it's like but you know just one little glass and nothing bad will happen nothing bad and and it goes down and he and it's the 
you know, the, the crack of the top right. of the Buckfast bottle, and next thing the video clicks and it's like the apocalypse and every building blown <laughs> up and all the rest of it. And just like, it was like the perfect analogy to uh, describing the, the Buckfast, Buckfast to somebody. Hi. Weird in here though, it's kind of become like a bit of a like novelty kind of art school drink. Mm-hmm. Like it's, all, it's all like really cool art school students with like immaculate mullets and like vintage clothes <laughs> or like sharing a bottle of bucky and like isn't this cool? And I'm just like uh, it's it's trend it's trendy now for all the cool yep. London university students. Yeah. One they're doing it wrong by up here now because because of prices is it's quarter bottles of or half bottles of El Dorado. El Dorado. El Dorado. El Dorado. Instead of us sitting at, sitting at a swing park with a couple of bottles, like, yeah, it's fuck it. Life is good. Anyway. Um, but no, dying Bruce Ella. I'll go then. Nah. I know. Dying Bruce Ella. That sounds the business. You see, the thing is, it's no overly tart whatsoever. It, it's, even I say it just tastes like an alcoholic iron brew, it's generally that. It's not overly tart um it's even like are we to call it a sour i'd be like yeah it's just iron brew just call it so, i'll call it iron brew. i was saying before like even when we do a really stupid beer like balance is like massively important to me when i'm reciping a beer so like an iron brew sour is obviously a fucking crazy beer into it but like yep. still it was still really important to me like that we got like the sweetness right and the oh, sour, the... i mean it is, it is like 3.4 ph so it's like it's as sour as most sour beers will be, but it's got like that nice malt backbone. But it just gives you that like great sweet and sour playoff, which just makes it like really moorish and really drinkable. I mean, we sell like fuck loads of that beer. It's, you know, it should just be something that you know sits there and ticks over, but it's pretty regularly like a third or fourth biggest seller. I get, and see, the thing is, I can understand that I can see why it is because it's like sour beers, get, like. When you're drinking a sour beer, whatever the, the whatever you are, you'll drink it and you'll have to wait a wee while to go back to it. Whereas with that, you just you drink, you put it down, and you're just like, I'll put it. You just pick it back up, put it yeah, down, pick it back up. Pints, you know, there's not many of them. Definitely. Then yeah. Mark, like Mark, uh, you said this to me before we even recorded, and before anyone t- showed up, you're like, oh, four forty miles sour. Don't know if that's for me. Okay. Um, and it's it's. Um, you know my thoughts on a sour, mate. Like a sour should be in a 125 mil can, like the old <laughs> dumpy wee Coca Cola numbers that you basically down between double IPAs and triple IPAs or whatever. Like, is that a moose bush? Basically, yes. that's mate. I, I mention it to every podcast that comes on. Folk that listen must be like, Mark, shut the fuck up. But because we are. Oh, no, totally. <laughs> but someday I'll take it on one day. I just. 440 like i had the uh i i opened the overtones uh new sour at the weekend by accident to be honest um i lifted it out of the fridge thinking it was something else um and i was like oh, and it was it was it was nice but 440 sour for me is just such a long long drink um i do have the iron bruce sour here and i'm like dare i do it or do I not? See, if I'm a hundred percent honest with you, I genuinely think you'll like it. I don't. It's no. It's it's no sour. It's open. It's open. Well, we'll find it. We'll fucking find it. There, uh, Gilroy, you went. You yeah. went dark. Yes. So I'm having. So I'm having the deep dark. Um, <laughs> which is, which is the Marianas Trench. There we go. There That's you go. Bungle. Oh, yeah. Um. Of. 
stouts, uh, seaweed, oyster, black pepper. It's adjuncts done properly. Um, I, again, they all play their part, like I was saying before. Like It really matters to me about balance in beer. So even when I do something crazy, like I didn't just chuck a bunch of stuff in there for no reason. Like, yeah. you know, the malt bill in that beer is pretty complex and it's got like... Uh, quite a lot of black milk, quite a lot of uh, special bee and like a lot of different dark books that do different things and you get that like unami thing when you go over 8%. Mm-hmm. So the seaweed's in there to highlight the unami kind of thing uh, and just like give you that really kind of like add a bit of volume onto that little soya saucy thing that you get anyway. Um, and then the black pepper just kind of like accentuates all the roasted kind of burnt toast notes for the yeah. black milk. Um, and the, with the oyster shells, they just kind of add like a little bit of salinity and a little bit of saltiness that mm-hmm. I think really goes well with dark beers anyway, just a little bit of salt. Um, so it's like, it's obviously pretty robust and pretty complex beer. Um, but again, balanced and won a few awards and one that we're, we're really happy with. It's incredible. Um, really, really enjoying it. Um, my, my dad and, and I are, are kind of dark beer enthusiasts and that's incredible. There's a place in Edinburgh that actually I've been to for a proper meal, if you like, but on the weekend it's called the White Horse Oyster Bar um, on the high street in Edinburgh. And it's got, um, they do a a kind of, you could, that's a deal at the weekend. You can get a a couple of oysters, um, raw oysters. And there was guys in there when we were in having our our meal that were just sitting at the bar and they had pints of stout. I don't know what stout it was. I don't think it was Guinness. Um, It seemed like they had kind of, and it was it was that with, with raw oysters. It looked it looked the business. They were sitting there enjoying that, <laughs> and uh, these kind of flavors were just bringing it back, making me reminded me that I have to go back and just. Do, I would love to see a Sunday afternoon or something like that. Just go in there and just keep ordering oyster upon oyster and just. A I, few, think be, a I think we're going to try and brew that beer once a year, and maybe make a slight change to it every year. Maybe do a barrel age version next year. Um, oh, oh, there you go. We could do like a little oyster festival, couldn't we? And just have like loads of stouts on. Yeah, um, that would be good. That sounds the biz. Mark, t- talk me through your process of of coming up with a new beer. Obviously, you've got you like you mentioned it before. You you like to do the weird and wonderful stuff, and you've done it before. Where does that process start for you? Is it you, you just come up with a mad idea and, and just bang two things together, or is it inspiration for, from other things? I mean, it depends. I mean, like. Sometimes, you know, sometimes like you know, like a lot of other brewers, you try somebody else's beer and you're like, this is fucking brilliant. I want to get yeah. this. Or sometimes like I'll be out and having a meal and I'll like try a, an ingredient I've never had before or a combination of stuff that's like, you know, like uh, I've got a mate that's a couple of restaurants here and he's, he always like pairs free ingredients and, and like that's it really. Like he doesn't do loads of fancy stuff, just picks a few yeah. days of the well. Um, and uh, like, you know, I had a blood orange and anchovies at his restaurant one day, and I was like, fucking hell, that's incredible. And I know I'm going to make a blood orange and anchovy beer, but just like, really, <laughs> like, blood orange, just like, this is crazy. So, like, I like trying to, like, play ingredients off each other. I like, you know, like in London, you know, when I first moved here, you go into a Turkish supermarket, and you're just like, the fuck's Zitar? Or like, <laughs> Black Iberian Limes, or Harissa, or like, you know, all of these like incredible ingredients you've never heard of. And I was just like spice cupboards full of stuff that I'll never ever use, but I just like fascinating <laughs> new flavors. So like, you know, I have done a sumac season because I just like I'm gonna find a way to use some stuff in the Turkish supermarket. Wow. <laughs> so like I just quite often get like, you know, 
I just always want to try new flavors and new pairings or like, you know, yeah, that's it. Normally it'll be like something I'll taste or something I'll smell. And it just makes me, you know, want to. What's the, um, what's, like you said, you mentioned all those things about what, so what's the, the, the weirdest beer you've ever made? And and whether it's been shite or good. Uh, oh, do you know what? We did fucking hell, man. I can't believe we did this. We did, um, we did a black pudding stout when we were in the, the shipping container brewery. <laughs> so we did like sage, white pepper, and about uh, 10 kilos of dried pig's blood. The idea was we thought we could get that real like minerality that you get like a really nice black pudding you know we're like that'd be wicked in this now so like fuck it we'll try it and it was you know like for about two days after the finished fermenting we were like this could be amazing and then like two days later we were just like what the fuck have we created this is good instantly before like before it kills someone and it was like it was a pretty me- messy clean-up job and all. Like, they bought me the, they bought me the kettle. Once see. I bet you had the police coming in going, what's going on here? Who you murdered? Aye, that was bad, that one. That's going to be the most novel attempt at body disposal ever, though. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's just covering, just covering myself in case they ever come. <laughs> um, aye, that was pretty wild. What else? We've done a few weird and wonderful ones. Uh... I mean, that, that's probably the only one we really had to chuck away. I did one recently uh, with, like, a local gelato company, and we were, like, doing an Easter, an Easter like, hot cross bun beer. Mm. Um, and I was, like, pestering them to get milk powder off them, like, lactose powder for the beer. And they were, like, kind of a bit slow getting back to me. And then on the day of the brew, I was, like, I'm just coming over to grab that lactose. And I went over, and it was, like, the milk powder wasn't, like, just lactose. It was, like, had some proteins and stuff. And I was, like... Well, fucking beers now. Like I need to try it. So I put milk powder in, but it was just like really full of like quite a lot of complex fats, and it's basically like <laughs> baby formula or something. So That's that one, see. that one went down the bin. But um, I mean, most of the time we try something mental, we get pretty close. Um, we've been doing quite a bit of experimenting. We like trying to gather our own yeast at the moment. So like where we are in Walthamstow, we're right on the wetlands and near Epping Forest. So we're like. As far as London goes, we've actually got like quite a nice bit of flora and fauna around here. Yeah. Uh, now I've got a head brewer, like, you know, got like stabilized a bit. I've got a bit of time to do weird stuff. So, like, I've been setting some yeast traps around the wetlands and around the forest and like, you know, picking fruit and flowers and putting them into water and like trying to grow our own yeast strains. Um, so, we did one recently that was like, um, we like a completely wild yeast strain. Uh, that we kept in an IBC for like quite a few months and then we blended it in with some passion fruit and uh, some like orange blossom from the like Turkish supermarket. So that's like proper wall from Stobia. Got wild wow. yeast and it's got stuff from a Turkish supermarket. <laughs> kind of wall from store in that. <laughs> that's mad. See, see, see that the mental thing about that is like you said, because you've got a head brewer who can focus on kind of your core stuff that like you can be like proper experimental and like to have a like a beer and have all the ingredients like really close by like i love that kind of stuff as well i think having having a beer that you know all the ingredients was like within a five mile radius for example i think that's brilliant yeah. i love that yeah i mean I, I love doing like foraging and stuff you know i've always been kind of into that i mean it's 
it was easier when I was in the 500 litre kit because, you know, if you wanted to do a pineapple weed beer, you probably needed 10 kilos of pineapple weed, which is like basically a day, you know, picking, picking orange buds. But when you've got like a, you know, two and a half thousand litre kit, <laughs> like, you know, you need basically wrangle some volunteers for a day and feed them some beer to go pick yeah. loads of pineapple weed. But I, I would still love to do more of that stuff and... You know, now, as wow. I say, it's been three years of survival with COVID and everything, but now we're finally at a place where I've got like I've got a wicked head brewer, Josh, who just started a couple of months ago, and he's been brilliant. Uh, you know, our sales guy Tom Bruno, who's been with me since the the shipping container. You know, we've just got like a really solid team, and now we're finally at a place where we're quite secure, and we're just like, you know, I've got to like do things like this, talk to people mm-hmm. about what we do, Aye. and um, and like experiment a little bit more and. You know, so you know, if you obviously like from like talking to you, eh, Mark, and kind of obviously getting the enthusiasm of you for for the brewing stuff, it feels like now you've got that, like you said, that freedom that to kick on, and you've, you're like yeah. you said, you survived COVID, etc. You got it through it, and now you're at a, a space where you've done your rebrand, just done it in May, and now you can kick on and just fucking yeah. smash it. And mate, on like the three beers that I've drank the night, fucking phenomenal. Absolutely, I'm, not, I'm I like I'm. I don't know what one to touch next after the boys have said that the lager's awesome and the hazy's off. I'm like fuck. Yeah, I, I really don't know what one to touch next. Mark, you clearly disappeared to either get a new beer or uh, give the Iron Brew sour to Lindsay. <laughs> and you need to put yourself off mute as well. Grass and all the beans. No, no, that's um, like I say, I'm. Uh, sour beer is just not my cup of tea. So yeah. I, um, the the resident uh, sour beer drinker in the house is my wife. Um, right. So anything that comes in, she gets, uh, well, I was going to say first dibs, but she gets second dibs on. Um, <laughs> was she happy with it? She really liked it. She was basically her, uh, she said, oh, this is something I could drink, which I think is an absolute one. Um, she didn't guess it was Iron Brew right away. She thought it looked like um leaving we're here. That's true. Um she thought it was like it looked like cider when I like gave her the glass. Um because she, she was like, is it beer? It looks like cider. And I was like, no. Still <laughs> it is beer. Um for for me, I don't think it's sweet enough to be Iron Brew. Um, like yeah. if you know what I mean, it's got a slight tartness. Um, I I don't know. Like if I'm just, I feel like it's just undercarbed. But yeah. but I'm just that's just me personally. Like I I don't know if I'm just like comparing it with Iron Brew, which is obviously usually yeah. super like gassy as such. Um, but mine's is uh, pretty uh, pretty flat. It's got a wee bit, but. Um, I just no, it's, like, not like, it's not like pretty standard carbonation. It's like, you know, as in most ales, but I think with sour beers, they don't really keep much head retention. Yeah, so, like, you know, they do a little flower. And, like, yeah, I mean... You're not going to... I get the idea that, like, I should, you know, if, if it's going to be more iron brew, like, we could probably push the carb a wee bit more. But to be honest, it's a bit of a nightmare to package things at, like, 2.8, 2.9. So it's like... How far do you push the soft drink angle? You still want it to be like a beer. Ah, exactly. I, I, I don't disagree with what you're saying, though. I'm like as I say, I'm like I said to you before, like I'm totally up and honest with it, and I always make sure that I say, look, sour beers are not 
where my power is. The, you could end up with that staggeringly volatile beer. Yeah. Uh, the one oh, You've got to move it about in a, 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 a suspended and fucking gel to delve it anywhere with it exploding. Man, that was like you that. Um, it in a suitcase, handcuffed to you at all times. What was the one? What was the one? What was the one that fucking exploded in your kitchen? Oh, what, oh, what one was it? Like I've heard a few. I heard that sort of went on your roof. Oh, that was. Um, uh, but that, that was, was a dud. That was Chris from uh, oh uh, my God. Dead End Room. Dead End. Dead End. The cherry sour that fucking decided uh, to go over my white roof. I handed um, I mean, that's, that's, the, that's, the, that's the game we're in at the moment with all these like massively dry hot beers with the, you know, the like high finishing gravities in the New England and then mm-hmm. all the, 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 the danger of hop creep. And then you've got this, this kind of trend towards like heavily fruited lactose, you know, the high finishing gravity beers and nobody's got pasteurization. So it's like that is a you know, that is just inevitable that if you do a lot of those beers, unless you're really on top of your process, cans are going to explode. And you know, I don't I know. You know what it has happened to us once. We some we got some like diastatic yeast infection and in, in a batch of beer made like Luckily, not many, but we had like a couple of cans exploded. It was a year after they were, you know, there was like they were well out of date by the time. But um, I have had, you know, a handful of them happen, and it's like it's fucking pretty terrifying. And I think as an industry, like as an industry, we need to get better at that shit. Like, you know, everybody needs to take responsibility. I've had exploding, I've had other people's cans explode in my kitchen, man. It's like a fucking gunshot going off. It is, it generally is, it's fucking like, mental. What happens, you're like, drive by! <laughs> <laughs> the, first thing, the first time it happens, it's all right, like, the, the kitchen's, like, it's, if there's, there is no ideal place, but at least if you're in the kitchen, you can kind of dump it in the sink or dump it, or do whatever right. you need to do. The first one you open is you, you install your, your fancy fridge in your office, and then open oh. one, like I did with that bottle of... I, Somebody got me a bottle of Leffy, one of the big bottles uh, back for oh, went to Le Mans and realised that I drank beer. So brought me back a couple of big bottles of that, the rosy and the normal. Opened the normal one because we were talking about the perfect draft machine. And I, I know you can get that on its own. That up, did it? No, it can everywhere. So I'm like that, like that. <laughs> he's, he's fucking deep <laughs> throwing a bottle of Leffy. For about the next what, 10 minutes, it was coming out my you? ears. <laughs> I will not waste any of this beer. I'm like beer. that. <laughs> like, I'm, and I'm like, the, the bathroom's two steps away, but I'm not going to get up. I'm just standing like that. I know. <laughs> well, um, I can definitely say um, drive by is now going to be the title of this uh, podcast, 100%. <laughs> um, Mark, what what breweries have you, obviously, you said you've done a, a load of collabs. Um, can I last? maybe ask questions before we kind of round things off is what breweries would you love to kind of collab with what breweries out there here you like they're doing an amazing job i'd love to do some something something with them uh yeah i mean there's a few i suppose i mean like you know i would love to do something to Kermel because mm-hmm. i love the Kermel. he never does collabs uh but yeah i like just to brew a beer with them would like just be special for me i mean like you know as as a kind of briefly mentioned earlier, I spent a lot of time with Mark for the Vale at that beer festival a couple of months ago. Right. Actually, like, it, was, it was the first time we'd been in London and he was like stuck on a stand pouring beer and I was like, look, I've got a couple of guys here to pour beer. I was like, it's your first time in London. He's like, let's leave these guys to pour some beer. I'm going to take you to some really fucking dodgy London pubs. And he was like, yeah. 
I taken it with some like proper like East End dodgy pubs around London, drinking loads of like you know Brewers Gold and like old school cask, and it was great. So I like, I'd love to brew something with him because his beers were incredible, and I think like you know, um, I don't really get that starry eyed about a lot of American breweries. I think we've got a lot of stuff to be proud of here. Yeah. But I think he's a he's a guy who's like making some incredible beers. So I'd love to do something with Avail. Um, who else is there? Uh, I mean, one of the other breweries that I really love. I mean, not not a British brewery, I guess, but um, like De La Seine, you know those guys. Mm, they're not. No. They're not. They're not really like. They're not really that like hype or anything. But they're like this bit, uh, kind of modern Brussels brewery, and they just, they make a couple of incredible beers like Taras Bulba, Zena beer. They've got like uh, they've got like a a pilsner like. But they've got all their own yeast strains and they've got these specially made like squat fermenters where they're like, you know, like wow. they're just like incredibly dedicated to making like really balanced, beautiful, modern Belgian beer. And I just think like they've got like an absolutely unique style. Mm-hmm. And um and I think you know they're just like, this is what we make and it and we're fucking brilliant at it. And I think they don't try and do anything cool, which is mm-hmm. appeals to me. Well, um, uh, I and uh, and I guess like in Britain in British breweries like uh, I really love uh, Burn and Sky. I think Mark's a genius. And, yeah. You know, it's like you know one of those breweries that like like genuinely upsets me sometimes when I try his beers. <laughs> see for me, see generally see like um, for me with Burn and Sky like down here obviously because I'm relatively close-ish to where they are. Yeah. Like, they're so underrated down here. Like, nobody fucking gives them any hype, but their beers are fucking phenomenal. Oh, they're phenomenal, yeah. But they're not, like, they're not going to get big ratings on Untapped because they're not, like, beers for, like, you no. know, for the lads. They're just brilliant beers. So, like, I think Burn and Sky are genuinely brilliant. Like, honestly, I'd love to go and brew something with fine ales just because I think yeah. they are cast oh, beers. Yeah, their, their cast beers are phenomenal. They're just, like, really nice guys. Their sour beer program's incredible. And, like, I think like they're one of like when I worked in Blackfriars, when those beers were on cask, I was that was like the kind of first beers that got me into beer. I was like, this is fucking amazing. Like Aye. first cask I got into, the guys were all super nice. And then like there's just been like so many times in my life where I've like had life affirming times, like a great meal when I was away in Scotland with my family. You know, took my kids up to Scotland for the first time and had like, you know, some seafood in this beautiful little shack with a pint of yow on cask and oh. um and like what's that pub in the south side i always forget the name of it in glasgow um what's it called you know across the south side of the river there's that wee dodgy uh like a state pub and they've always got fine nails on oh no scott's your best bet for that it's, uh, what you're talking about the name always escapes me the Lauriston, the Lauriston, yes. yes, 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 yes. It's like for me, that is like the perfect pub. It's absolutely everything that a pub should be. It's like just like family run, like all the people that are drinking there are just like you know, local characters for the council state. In the <laughs> you'll, you'll often see like somebody who used to be in Taggart. You know, like, uh, to, like, to, like an 80s Glasgow shoegaze band and like a real mix of like villains, you know, like villains. It's one of those, it's one of those pubs where you walk in, you should be shouting two pints prick. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, it's just like a little time capsule of like Glasgow community spirit with like <laughs> fine nails in perfect condition. So like, yeah, 
for me, like, that's the first pub I go to when I go yeah, home. You either get you either get a craft beer fan or Paul Ferris. It depends on the day of the week. He's probably into the craft beer. No, exactly. <laughs> uh, Mark, where is the best place for people who have never heard of XL before or who want to try it? Where's the best place for them to grab hold of your beer? Um, I mean, what, tap room for a start, obviously. Yeah, tap room is like a good place to come. We've got brilliant staff there. And, that's a good place to come and try your beer, like as fresh as you can, and and kind of get a taste of what we're all about. Now we've, we've got like pretty good distribution all over the UK, so like you can probably get us in like most cities. But we're not doing that much in Scotland actually. Um, but like definite places you can get us in in London, you can get us in most of the the Fuller's pubs, a lot yep. of the Greatland, like King's Arms, all the Mother Kelly's places always have our scoosh mm-hmm. on. Um, so like yeah. Pretty much all the good small craft beer businesses in London will, will be selling something. So I think, you know, we're selling about up to six barrels in, in Newcastle. So, like, I'd like to think you'll maybe get us in, like, the free trade in, because that's, like, my yeah. favourite Um Yeah, I mean, yeah, you can get us through James Clay, Pig's Ears, you know, like, Cave Direct. Everybody's stalking us, but we just don't really have enough beer at the moment, so it's not getting... As far away from London as we'd like. No, no, not a problem at all. But like I said, go and check out the website as well, xlbrew.co.uk. Uh, um, don't miss out any information. Uh, go and yeah. check out the website as well. Um, I so think you've got a new website kind of under construction. Yeah, yeah, we've got a very fancy new website. Should be ready like next week. So it's going to be all singing, all dancing. It's going to blow your minds. The reason I know that is because I went on it yesterday and I was like, it says it says under construction basically. I was like, yep. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Well, that's the thing. Like you know, like when you've got like a nice little tap room, you often get people that wander in for beers that are like really talented and stuff. So we've got like an amazing website designer guy who's doing it for mates rates and free beer. So it took a little longer than yeah, <laughs> it a longer than it but it was a lot cheaper than it should have been. <laughs> that, that's the way to work, definitely. If you're here, if you're 100%. pumping, if, mate, if you're pumping it fucking beers like this, I'll get paid in beers <laughs> easy. Yep. Happily, quite happily, quite happily. Um, check out the website xlbrew.co.uk. Like I said, that's going to be up and running properly in the next uh, couple of weeks. Go and check that out. Uh, while you're at it, head over to all the social media pages as well. Just search XL while you're at it. So you can like and share uh, and follow the Beer Fridge Podcast, the home of real beer, real breweries, real opinions. Um, you can show your support for the podcast by into our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash beer fridge podcast clean exclusive content and get some homebrew from the guys as well patreon.com forward slash beer fridge podcast real beer real breweries real opinions my name's gavin that's mark that's scotty mark um it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on um thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed it your beers are fucking tremendous yeah, yeah glad you enjoyed them, boys. And yeah, literally yeah. unfucking real. Un. We've got a few new specials coming out in the next few weeks as well, so we'll send you some fresh stuff up. Oh and, no! Uh, uh, do you want to mention them? Uh, well, we're doing we're doing uh, well, we did that uh, flower and funk one, which was the passion fruit and orange blossom like breaded beer, the wild oh, yeast. Uh, and then we've we've did um, we're doing a big IPA for the Yakima Chief. Do a contest every year that you got to, like. Yeah a specific style of beer so we're doing an alpha king seven uh, percent west coast ipa it's going to be like wow. 75 ibus and oh. proper like crispy <laughs> bitter you'll love that mark uh we just packaged a a radler a two and a half percent 
kind of like tropical fruit radler, trying Amazing. to get after a bit of that Schofferhofer business. Yeah, I was going to say that pineapple Schofferhofer leads a, a, a lot to be desired. If you can, right. if you can topple that, that would be great. Yeah, I know exactly. So yeah, we've had a go at that. So yeah, they'll be the next couple of releases. Um, then we got a couple of collabs coming up. We're doing something with the guys at Heist in Sheffield who are like really oh, cool. Mate. Yeah. Their beers are fucking awesome. I think we're gonna do I think we're doing like a Vienna Lager oh. with something, some sort of adjunct, I can't remember now. But that that'll be good. They're really good boys. Um yeah, so that's that's the next few releases that will be coming out. Christ well, in the Tempting much. Tempting much, yeah. Web shop will get absolutely pummeled. Destroyed. Oh mate, I'm absolutely like that is like he'll buy them all. Oh, uh, that is the bollocks, mate. Thank you. Yeah, he will buy everything. <laughs> oh, West is best, mate. Simple West. as. Yeah. Simple. Yeah, my, I mean, that is my preferred style of IP as well. I like them crispy and better. <sighs> Talk to me. That's what I'm talking about, mate. Honestly. <laughs> So, right, I, nearly, I nearly said a joke there. I'm glad that was saying. Uh, yeah. Keep it to yourself, son. If, um, if any's are ever down down this way, um, give me a shout. And if we if we get up the road, I think I'm coming up. We're talking about doing something with a bull bar in Edinburgh, um, oh, maybe in September. We've not quite right, okay. We've not quite got it in diary yet, but I'll let you know if we're coming up for that. Um, that yeah, we definitely want to do something in Scotland and in, uh, in the in the autumn. So I'll let you know. It'll probably be Edinburgh because. With, uh, we'd have Glasgow last time. Sounds good. Sounds Perfect. awesome. Uh, Happy to catch up. Um, 100% go and check out the beers if you haven't done already. Um, you will not be disappointed. Like, there's there's beers, there's beers, plural, of the year contenders right here already. Uh, I've, this has been honestly amazing. Thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it. Make sure you go and like and follow and share all Excel stuff. Like we said, and while you're at it, uh, search and follow, like and share. The Beer Fish Podcast. Um, my name's Gavin, that's Mark, and that's Scotty. Until next time, the Beer Fish Podcast, the home of real beer, real breweries, real opinions. Goodbye. Lovely. Thanks for that, boys.